Hey everyone, welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast. This is Heidi St. John, and today I'm going to air part two of my interview with my friend, Dr. Jeff Myers, and we'll be talking about the importance of objective truth. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Before I jump into part two of my interview with Dr. Jeff today, I want to ask if you guys would take part in a survey that we are putting out for podcast listeners. We are thinking about launching a subscription service for podcast listeners. If you're interested in getting some live time with me here at the show, exclusive interviews, behind the scenes look at what it takes to put the podcast together every day, we'd love to have you join us for the new subscription service. Right now, we're just trying to gauge what What's interesting to you? So hop on over to the show notes today and fill out that survey. And as soon as we have that subscription service ready, we'll let you know. In the meantime, here is part two of my interview with my friend, Dr. Jeff Myers. And in, in those situations, you can use questions. Uh, Jesus asked a lot of questions. I've heard hundreds of sermons about the teachings of Jesus. Never heard a single sermon about the questions of Jesus. That would be but a good one. It was a fa- it's fascinating. I had a friend who countered him up. He said, did you know in the Gospels, Jesus asked 288 questions? And I said, you have a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> 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 uh, but I've, that's always stuck in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense. Jesus was a rabbi. Uh, rabbis taught largely by asking questions. He had grown up in this way. Yeah. In fact, when Jesus was 12, there's a fascinating account in scripture of him going to the temple. And his parents, you know, they, they leave, they offer their sacrifices, they go home, they have no idea where he is. Come back three days later, find him in the temple. And, it's, and the scripture is really interesting. It says that they were amazed at his answers. And then it goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, because of the questions he asked. Hmm that asking a good question is the way to demonstrate the deepest level of knowledge about something. So Jesus asked these questions all of the time. What are the most important laws? Okay, that's a dangerous question to ask a Pharisee. They got hundreds of them. Well, you know, Jesus' response in one of the Gospels records him saying, so how do you read it to the other person? We're talking about, you know, this is the one that in the book of John, John chapter one, Nathaniel comes to, or Philip comes to his buddy Nathaniel and says, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And this one is asking, how do you read it? It's not, he wasn't saying to this other person, whatever you say is true. Mm-hmm. He's just inviting a conversation. Um, Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. So Jesus is in Jericho. You got to kind of got to go through Jericho on the trip to Jerusalem. And so he's in Jericho and Bartimaeus is blind, says, Jesus, heal me. Jesus says to him, what would you like for me to do for you? Which I think is, it's crazy. If you, what if you were one of his disciples? Right. You're like, hello. He's blind. Hello. What, you know, what are you thinking? Why do you even ask that? Isn't it? Interesting, though, that Jesus did not assume Mm, that the blind man wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we all know people who are sick who don't really want to be well Mm -hmm. because they've wrapped their identity around their sickness. Mm -hmm. Jesus was pointing to a deeper uh, issue with Bartimaeus. 
And when Bartimaeus said, I want to see, then Jesus healed him, restored his sight. So if you've got time, if there's not an urgency, you know, somebody's not in imminent danger, Mm -hmm. then make it a goal to walk alongside of them and ask questions as often as you make statements and see if the relationship develops. And at least then you realize, oh, we're we're actually not butting heads like this. We're actually side by side walking toward the truth. Right. Well, and there are a lot of people listening to us talking right now who maybe they're they're seeing conversations happen uh, in the social media, you know, the sort of the what is now the town square, right? Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we 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 lob bombs at each other over the walls of the internet, and we're not really listening. I don't know that it's a place where much listening is happening. I think there's just people spouting opinions and. Uh, and sometimes conjecture, but I'm curious to know what some of the best questions are. Like, speak to the to the. There's a young person listening to this right now who's like, "Well, how do I wade into the water with my friend who believes that uh, that gender is just a social construct, and that if I'm born with male genitalia, I could still somehow be a woman?" I mean, we we've all watched now with a fair degree of horror as Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, decided that he wanted to be, you know, he, he's talking about what is a day like 38 of being a girl, day 38 of girl. It's horrifying to someone who's an actual woman to see the erasure of women. Like these yeah. are dangerous ideas and they're hurting people. And not the least of which is Dylan Mulvaney. But how do how do young people especially wade into these conversations with a fair degree of confidence and courage and kindness, like that, that mixture of those three, three things, that confidence to say, hey, I understand my position clearly, and the courage, which is that ability to step out into the public square when you're going to be, you know, you're going to get the smack down. And then the kindness, which is the tolerance that Pope Benedict was talking about. Well, and of course, uh, asking the question in relation to Dylan Mulvaney um, amplifies it because I think that person has millions of social media followers. Oh, yes. Probably because it's a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah. yeah. And people are sort of waiting to, you know, they're they're it, this is just so bizarre. Yeah, they're, they're not following happens. him because they're so inspired. They're following him because it really is watching a train wreck in slow motion and they're just wondering yeah. where is this thing when is it going to actually go off the tracks completely. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, there's a there's a person there who God created. Mm-hmm. And loves very much and who is and, and I'm not making this as a clinical diagnosis here, but there's a deeply disturbed aspect to this. Yes. And it's it's manifested itself in what can only be referred to as kind of a misogynistic parody. Mm-hmm. Like any woman who's watching this would say, oh, please, mm-hmm. like you really know what it's like to menstruate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, please, like you really think you could be pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, The destruction of womanhood is only one of the victims of of that kind of a thing. But I would, the first thing I would say to a young person is don't do it through social media. Mm. Don't even try to have the discussions through social media. Just forget social media. Yeah. Face-to-face is best. It's always best. And, and you think about, well, you know, how do we know that it's best? Why wouldn't you just send messages to someone, disagree with them? You shoot something across the bow, they shoot something back. 
If there's nothing at stake, then you might do that because it's just fun. But if something's really at stake, that these people really are image bearers of God who have been deluded and need to know the truth, then how we communicate, it really matters. Marshall McLuhan used to say, this professor of communication from Canada used to say, the medium is the message. How something is communicated is part of what is communicated. It's good. Uh, so if, if, you know, I was reading a book, re- another book about Ronald Reagan recently, I read them all. And, Me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. This one was so good. It was Brett Bear's uh, three days in oh, Moscow. I haven't read that yet. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was really terrific. And, you know, Brett Bear's a, a, a very thoughtful reporter, Fox news, and, but also takes time to write these books, which are, I, I think great. I've read, at least read two of them now. And I wonder if, does he have a ghostwriter? I'm like, where are you finding yes. time? He, yeah. He's got to have a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah he, he has somebody who helps him write everything up, who helps him do the research and all that. But, you know, it, it wouldn't, the books wouldn't happen if he didn't give that person a strong sense of direction and then lend his voice to it, which he does. Yeah. But in, in any event, uh, you, you find that, that um, Gorbachev and Reagan leading these two nations with nuclear weapons, enough nuclear weapons to destroy the world, what? a hundred times, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't just send long letters to each other. They had to meet face to face. If you really want to get something across to somebody, you go there. Now, later, after you've established the relationship, you can write letters back and forth, but you first of all have to go there. So that's the very first thing. And the most important thing you start by making it as personal as you personal as you possibly can. The second thing is you just ask questions. You have nothing to lose by asking. Tell me, I know a lot of people find Dylan Mulvaney's um, TikTok account really interesting. Tell me why you find it interesting. Tell me what you're thinking about it. When you talk with your friends about it, what do they say? Those sorts of questions are easy to ask. There's no downside that I can think of to asking them. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask, you know, is there any real evidence that there is a difference between sex and gender? This is the, the claim that your gender is how you feel about yourself and then your sex is what you are assigned at birth, which is a terrible terms we've already already talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, is there, why would you why would you give credibility to that viewpoint? Um, is it if, if it's not possible for someone with XX chromosomes to replace all their chromosomes with XY chromosomes, then why would we somehow hold out hope? Why would we involve medicine here? Why wouldn't we say this person needs to go to counseling? You know, there are just all kinds of questions that you can ask to sort of get at the truth. And then if the person says, well, you're just obviously, you're obviously being a bigot by asking these questions, then you just say, you know what? I'm a little bit afraid to talk about things if the goal, if the end result is going to be that we just label each other and call names. Mm. Why is it important to you to label me? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
So you're taking almost every uh, attack and turning it into a question that causes whoever it is you're talking to to actually have to think about their position rather than attacking is what you're saying. I, I start with the assumption that hurt people hurt people. So if if this person is attacking me, there's something behind the attack. Mm-hmm. It could just be this person feels like it feels an extreme desire to be right to control every situation. Well, that's an interesting thing to know. Mm-hmm. If it's all about control, then I realize I can answer all their arguments about transgender. It won't make any difference. It won't make any difference at all. Mm-hmm. One of the core questions I ask, in fact, I was this summer, we were asked to demonstrate this kind of an atheist uh, role play um, with a group that was getting ready to go out and uh, uh, invite people to come to an evangelistic service. And this was going to be like 20,000 people are coming to this thing. So these kids are really nervous. And, and as we did this atheist role play and toward the end, I just said to the person, you know, because they were bringing up this argument, that argument, I said, if I could answer every single one of your questions beyond any doubt, factually, that it would be correct, would you become a Christian? Mm. It's amazing. I've never had someone say, yes. They always say, no, I wouldn't. Well, then those questions really aren't the issue, are they? Mm-hmm. It's like when someone on the abortion issue says, well, what about rape and incest? Okay, so if we eliminated all abortions except those that occurred through rape and incest, would that satisfy you? person never says yes. Right. Because it's not whole, about that. The whole argument is a dodge to begin with. Right. Okay. But if you don't, if you're not in a position to ask questions, then you never find out what's really behind the curtain, so to speak. Well, and it goes back to what you were saying at the at the beginning of the show, which was we have to be willing to grapple with reality. Yeah. And if we're unwilling to do that, then the conversation is pointless. And then then the then the back and forth, the exchange that these kids are doing on social media is going to be fruitless because we have to be willing to grapple with reality. I was thinking that the difference, you know, in how we are handling this now, as opposed to 25 years ago, had the same thing been the case with anorexia, right? So one of my very closest friends in high school struggled with anorexia. I mean, this is, you know, 30 years ago. And she, uh, we told her the truth. Because had we lied to her and said, yep, you know, boy, you are overweight. I'll tell you what, you know, you're right. Just keep, you know, keep eating that spoonful of flour every day, which is what she was doing. Mm. Uh, We would have killed her. Mm -hmm. But because we loved her, we told her the truth. You're hurting yourself. What you see in the mirror isn't reality. And the interesting thing about that is we weren't attacked for it. But now if someone looks in the mirror and they see a member of the opposite sex staring back at them, you're not allowed to tell them the truth. And to me, this is a sign of a culture in decline uh, that, you know, that unless and until we're willing to have these hard conversations and not shame the person who's trying to get to the truth, we're going to continue to struggle. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's so much to what you just said. I was also thinking about people using steroids because they had muscle dysphoria. Yes, yes. Right, and then we yes. realized later you know, there, there are all these lawsuits right now about steroids, 
Okay. And there are going to be a lot of lawsuits about transgender medicine too. Oh boy. Yeah. We've dug into this. I, in fact, I, a journalist and I've been authoring an ebook on transgender that we're planning to have done in the middle of January and mm. uh, release soon. You'll hear about it for sure. It's going to be uh, really controversial, but so much of that battle was lost 10 years ago when standards of care were developed by the American Medical Association and no one was paying attention. Come on. Yeah. 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 Boy, right? that came that came around to bite us in 2020. That's for sure. There's no question. Yeah. Safe and effective. It's safe and effective. You know, right. we don't even know what those words mean. Yeah. It, but it all, it was all, you know, it, it was all water under the bridge. Yes. Like, you know, when did that ship sail? Um, Actually in about 2003. Yeah. Yeah. About 2003. If you as a Christian weren't intentional involved with your antenna up in the medical field, then you missed it. Yeah. You missed the opportunity to weigh in on the conversation. Yeah. So you're, you can still battle it, but you're fighting a rear guard action. It's mm-hmm. not an easy battle anymore. It's mm-hmm. not one where the truth could, can easily come out. Which is so, why you see these questionnaires. I mean, every doctor's office that that I know of in the Pacific Northwest, boy, if you you know you go to a, a a regular doctor, especially if they're part of a large hospital system or whatever, they're going to ask you what sex you were assigned at birth. They're going to ask you how you identify. Uh, you can choose to be non-binary in the state of Washington if you want to be, and you're right because this is so entrenched now. We, I mean, we missed it because I remember when I first heard about it, I was like, there is no way. I I remember hearing, I don't know how many years ago, maybe a decade ago, I remember first hearing the word transgender and thinking, there is no way that that would Mm. ever take root in the culture. But the Bible teaches us that the heart is desperately wicked. And you're right. I mean, going back again to the beginning of the show, before we close it out today, you started off by saying we have to look for truth, not inside of ourselves, which as the Bible says, if we look for truth in here, we're going to miss it. We've got to look for truth in the person that is truth, and that's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. Well, we've got, to, we've got to do a couple things. We've got to be boned up on truth, recognize what it is. And, you know, the reason I'll just put a plug in for, this, for the book, Truth Changes Everything, yes. because uh, I didn't just want it to be a rant about the truth. I wanted to show how in history, individual people who are just like us stood for the truth and it changed the course of history, Mm. even in times that were far worse than the ones that we're in right now. Yeah. And the second thing is, listen, um, you know, the Summit Ministries program is trusted by a lot of parents. Uh, About half the students who come to it are homeschooled or have been homeschooled at some point in their lives because they, they need, uh, they need, the kids need to know that their parents are not crazy <laughs> right. for what they believe. Yeah. And the parents need someone for their kids who also says so. Yes. Right. So that you can understand the truth and then you can embrace it uh, rather than just say, Oh, I believe it because my parents taught me that doesn't go very far when you get to be an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the program that we offer. And if that's going to be of interest to anybody who's listening, we would welcome young adults, 16 to 22 years of age to participate with us. And these are offered around the country, correct? Uh, They are. Yeah. We're offering them this year in Manitou Springs, Colorado, and in Lookout Mountain, Georgia. We'll have a one-week program in Kentucky on on a a college campus up there. Anywhere near the Creation Museum? Uh, Well, 
it's actually pretty close. It's it's not that far. It's not that far away. It's in uh, near Lexington, Kentucky, on the campus of Asbury University. I know right where that is. So you have yeah. to take. You have to go over and see the arc then. And then we'll be sure. doing. Uh, we'll we do them. Uh, we also do custom programs. So I'm doing one this uh, next month for Air Force Academy cadets. Nice. Um, we'll have we just we just finished one for Christian musicians in Nashville. Uh, we've got one coming up for European students in Malta. So, I mean, wow. there are all different kinds of things that we're doing, but the main programs wow. for American students are going to be in Colorado and in Georgia this year. Well, I'm really excited about what you're doing. And I think for parents listening, you know, uh, Dr. Jeff is making such a crucial point. There is a point that every young person needs to come to whereby they own their faith. Uh, you know, for parents, as I think homeschool parents can can fall, certainly fall into this, right? If, we, if I just do everything right, if I just keep my kids home, if I just, if I only, if I only, but the truth is, Jeff and I both know uh, homeschool graduates who have walked away from the faith, who were brought up in homes where both of the parents love the Lord, but that child never had the opportunity to fully uh, ask the questions that he or she wanted to ask. And Summit really gives the opportunity for these kids to bring their difficult questions. I know several of the people that speak for Summit Ministries, and I could not recommend it more highly enough. It really is life-changing for these kids to have the opportunity to ask the hard questions and realize there are answers and their biblical answers, and that their faith can stand up to the questions. I think that's the, you know, that's the big one. What you hear from young people, like, well, I don't know, some of this pie in the sky Bible. I told it to my my professor at university, and he laughed at me. And your kids <laughs> need to be ready for that. They need to be ready, and you can be ready. Yes, uh, we trained last year seventy thousand students. They are moving out into the culture, yes. 10,000 or so of them are of the age where they're actually moving out of high school into college and they can, yeah. they can hold their own. It's now, amazing. They, it's not because they don't have PhDs. They don't know all of the ins and outs of every argument, but they do know that every person has a worldview, that every worldview is religious and that you have to be able to give arguments for what you believe. Yeah. If they know those things, that's what begins to make the difference. Yeah. Amen. That's totally right. Uh, Dr. Jeff, where can people find you online? Just go to summit.org. That's the best place to look for information on the summer programs. And then the book, Truth Changes Everything, you can just find, just Google Truth Changes Everything and wherever you like to buy books. I love it. it. Dr. Jeff, thank you for coming on and talking with me about this important topic, the case for truth and why it matters. I've so enjoyed talking with you and uh, you'll have to come back again and we'll tear it up some more. I appreciate it. That's an invitation. I accept. I would love to do that. I just think this is real. (laughs) This is so much fun because we've got to be able to have some forum where we can speak openly and at length about these issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. And our kids need to see us grappling with these topics. You know, moms and dads need to not be afraid to let their kids ask the tough questions. And, you know, sometimes you'll see a parent just kind of, ooh, you know, they bristle because they maybe they don't feel confident or whatever. Yeah. And it's uh, our kids have got to be able to ask to uh, ask these questions because there are answers and the answers are found in the Bible. Thank you so much, uh, Jeff, for encouraging me today. I I mean, I feel I feel like I'm lighter than when I came in. So Good. thanks a lot. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, thank you for being a champion for truth, Heidi, and for everything that you do with all of the various, uh, the, the speaking that you do and the companies that you operate, all on behalf of parents and children uh, to move them toward the truth. And uh, you, you, you are a difference maker. I'm very, very grateful for you. 
Thank you. Well, uh, back at you, my friend. I appreciate what you're doing. We'll see you back here again soon. Okay. You guys want more information on Dr. Jeff Myers and the ministry that is Summit Ministries, you can go to summit.org or you can go to HeidiStJohn.com and click on the show notes and I will have information, including a link to Dr. Jeff's book regarding truth. You guys, this is a topic that we need to grapple with in our homes with our children. I hope you guys will check out Summit Ministries for your teens this summer. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith 